Open our Bibles tonight to the book of Psalm, chapter 103 again. Psalm chapter 103, and we'll do as we've done each week with this particular psalm. We'll read the first five verses from the Amplified Classic Bible. And I want you to just either read along or just listen to these wonderful words and let them encourage you. They've been a blessing to us. For now several Wednesdays, it's taken longer than I thought it would take to get through this, but uh, it's been good, so I have no complaints, praise the Lord. Uh, well, let's read. i got something I wanted to say just at, on the end of last week's message and then move on. But we'll read the first five verses. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul. And all that is deepest within me, bless his holy name. Bless, affectionately, gratefully, praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not one of all his benefits. Who forgives every one of all your iniquities. Who heals each of all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age with good, so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful for your word. When we open this book, it's you speaking to us. And I am so grateful tonight that you choose to speak in this place by the inspiration of the word that is taken then and taught and preached. You bring to us explanation, revelation. You bring us insight. And inspiration from the word. And faith comes. And faith comes by hearing that word. And our faith grows. And our faith allows us to please you. As we walk by faith, not by sight. And our faith gives us the ability to receive from you. So Father, we thank you for blessing us. In this time in the word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Last week, we focused on the joy of the Lord. We focused on the importance of peace and joy and righteousness. And uh, there was a verse that I've thought of a number of times since last week that I just wanted to read tonight. We didn't read it last week, but I think it will, will really tie in last week with this week and will help us some especially with the, the time of worship and praise we just had. And that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'd like to ask you to turn there with me, please. <coughs> 2 Corinthians, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 1. And I want to look at uh, verse number 24. And this is one of those verses that um, when you understand joy and you understand the battle 
between the mind sometimes and, and, the, and our spirit. In other words, David said here, you notice as we read, he said in the uh, King James, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So he had to talk to himself. And, of course, we've already talked to ourselves about that. And uh, we know that that's important and that's necessary even now. But I want to point out something in this verse that I'm so glad we have. It's a benefit that God gives to us. And so he says here in verse 24 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Not that we have dominion over your faith, but are fellow workers for your joy. For by faith you stand. Now, if you have the traditional King James, it says helper. We are helpers of your joy. And that's what a praise team is about. If it's not a performance team, but truly a praise team, then they are helpers for your joy. People who uh, exhort us to praise and worship God, they're not cheerleaders. They're not just, you know, sanctified cheerleaders, but they are encouragers and they are helpers for our joy. Because, you know, many times we come in to a service, especially I think maybe on Wednesdays, we come in and we need, our joy needs some help. We need some help with it, you know. We, we need to be encouraged. And I know for myself, and I think I'm pretty average about a lot of things, and, you know, you, you have a choice sometimes when you come into those kind of meetings. You can kind of just put up your defenses and not go along with things, kind of not enter in and just kind of say, well, you know, when this is over, we'll get to the message. I want to hear the teaching or whatever, and, and not enter in. Or maybe you can even get a little bit miffed. You know, sometimes people get aggravated. They, they, you know, they're down in the mully grubs and they just don't really want to get out. They're just not ready to get out of there yet. And their pity party isn't quite over. And so if you really smile ear to ear and you're really having a great time praising the Lord, they just get a little upset at you. And uh, maybe we've all been there. I don't want you to raise your hand, but uh, probably many of us have. And uh, the fact is, though, we need these helpers. And when we feel like praising God the least, when we feel the most down, as we say, or the most depressed, or whatever terminology you want to use, that's when you need those helpers the most. And so I want to say tonight how grateful that I am for all of these people who come early, who practice, who come on extra nights. They, they give their time to worship the Lord. They are not performers. They're not looking for stardom. They are just looking to obey God and help us with our joy. Amen? Whether it's a slow song or a fast song, we found out last week, joy is in the spirit realm. It's a spiritual force. It's not an emotion. And it has to be drawn out of the recreated, reborn human spirit. And one of the ways we do it is by rejoicing. And that's what we've been doing tonight. Amen. It's just so wonderful. It is so wonderful. And I tell you, if you're like me, maybe if you've been around a long time, you've probably been in some dry meetings. You've probably been in some places where the music just wasn't too harmonious. And people may have tried to do their very best, but it just wasn't very good. And it maybe was a little hard to enter in. But I tell you, if you don't get in here, it's your own fault. Because there's some folks here that help make it very, very easy to do. And I'm very grateful for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Tell them how much we appreciate them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the uh, traditional, uh, well, this is not really the traditional. This is the new King James. Sometimes I think about going back to the traditional King James. You know, I learned it 
most, you know, all of my Bible, early Bible reading was in the King James. And so I actually use the King James to find scriptures. You know, I will put in a search in the KJV to find the verse that I'm looking for. And so I don't know if sometime you come to church and, and I'm in the old King James, you'll just know I went, I went back. Amen. I didn't backslide. I just went back to the roots. But anyway, I want to read now. This is New King James. Verse 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about the benefits. The benefits. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, the idea, when I began to study this and look at that word benefits, the idea of benefit is as it appears. It, 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 is, it means uh, something that is rightfully due to you. Now, the idea is not that God owes us anything because we earn it or because we're so good we just, you know, he just had to do something for us. The whole idea is still an idea of by grace through faith, the finished work of Jesus paid it all. The blood of Jesus brought us into covenant with Almighty God. None of that has changed. And, but there are, by right of covenant agreement, by right of the covenant agreement that God made, with his son, Jesus Christ. And you see, that is the new covenant. We enter into it. We get to partake of it. We have every right it affords only because we are in Christ. The covenant was given to him. And when you came into him, then you came into all that he has. And so that is how we are in covenant with God. It's through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in that covenant, there are two sides. There's God the Father. God the Son is our substitute on the cross in redemption and all that went with that. And so in that covenant arrangement, there are two sides. And so on the benefit side, because God did it as a blood-sworn oath, a covenant, then that means those benefits are rightfully ours. They belong to us. Now that might be a little radical and you might have to work on digesting that spiritually. But, and if you do, it will be well worth your while to do so. Because when it comes to the benefits that God affords, it's not hit and miss. It's not some benefits for some and another list for somebody else. You get one benefit, but the brother on the other side of the building, he doesn't get it. That's not how it works. They are all, all together, all of ours. Whatever God has benefited through covenant, Sister Margaret here, he has also done the same for Sister Flo. And there is no difference in his sight. Because it's not based on our works. It's not based on our merits. It's based on the finished work of Jesus. And so I want you to begin from this night forward, if you don't already do this, I want you to begin to renew your mind to this idea that the benefits of the covenant are your legal rights. And they are so because God in his sovereignty 
Because I know people are really concerned about, you know, strong faith, that we're somehow undermining the sovereignty of God. But all, the only thing faith can ever really believe and take is that which God, who is sovereign, has already given. And so he has already given these blessings. And I want you to realize that every covenant blessing, every New Testament blessing is rightfully yours. Which also means the devil has absolutely no right to take it from you. It is illegal for him to trespass in your body with sickness and disease. It is illegal for him to hold you in the bondage of lack and poverty till your needs are not met and you cannot do what you need to do and what you're called to do and that which is even a godly desire that's within the confines of his will for your life. There's just no way the devil can legally make that happen unless we let him. We've got to understand we have some rights. Forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. Now, all of you probably are familiar with a, with a heat pump. I would think that almost everybody today in, in our little world here would be familiar with a heat pump. You know, you know that there's a thermostat on the wall, and the thermostat usually has uh, more than one purpose. And one unique thing that, that the thermostat will do is it will, it will not only be a thermostat, but it's also a thermometer. And so it has the, it has the uh, dual purpose of telling you what the temperature is. And then it also affords you the right or the privilege or the power to determine what the temperature should be, what you want it to be. So that's a real picture of faith, you know. Uh, you come into the room and, and it's 76 degrees. And that, that may be just perfect for you, but that is misery for me. And you come into the room at 76 degrees. That's what the thermostat, uh, the, the thermometer says. And it's accurate. And yes, it is. But what do you do? You either turn the dial or you get on your smartphone and you punch in a number or you, you turn at something or, or you slide a little slide over. You do something or you punch some buttons until you get a number that's what you want. Correct? So, you know, you want it at 70, correct? Maybe 69, correct? <laughs> I figured I would get some disagreement there. Remember, the, the place of agreement is the place of power. That's when the thing comes on and does what you want it to do. So, you know, in married life particularly, that is always the battle. You know, Glenna talks about in our house, she said it doesn't matter what season it is. It's always like winter because you always need a, something to cover up in. And she's, you know, and sometimes, because she's out here teaching tonight so I can talk about her. And she says, you know, she'll tell me, she'll say, you know, she'll look and see what the temperature is outside. And she'll say, it's such and such outside. And, of course, I'll have the same answer. And being the smart aleck that I am, I always tell her, you know, I, I'm not trying to change the temperature outside. I'm just interested in what's inside. So if you come to our house, you'll notice there's lots of things to cover up with. And that's for those who are weak and sickly among you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. But anyhow, so when you turn that to whatever you want it, Doug says 74, I say 70. Somebody may, did I hear 72, 71? I don't. But anyway, when you turn it to what you want, you know, usually it takes some time. 
If you come into a room at 76 degrees, I mean, even if you've got a wonderful, really high efficiency, brand new system, it's going to take a few minutes to get it there where you want it. It's that process where the power is working to bring to pass that which you desire. That's a really great picture of how faith works. When you're moving from the place of where you are, the facts, they may say, you know, that you have this, that, or the other disease. They may say that you, you know, your records may say you don't have enough money. I mean, there could be a lot of facts. And as faith people, we're not anti-facts. We don't have our head in the sand. We're not denying those things. But what we are saying is facts don't supersede truth. Because there is a truth that has enough power to actually change facts. And that's what happens when people receive healing. And that's what happens when, uh, when, when your room goes from 76 down to 70 because there's some power that's, that's expended and, and that thing does its job and you get it where you want it to be. Well, that's really not what I intended to say about all that tonight. That's just all extra. But what I want to really get to is this. Uh, if you have what we call a heat pump or you have you know, a, a dual system that both heats and cools, then how many of you realize that that same therm- thermostat controls both? Just by flipping a switch or changing some buttons or whatever it is, you go from the heat to the cool, from the cool to the heat. How hard is it to do that? It's very simple, isn't it? You see, those are the two main benefits that that heat pump system gives to you. It'll keep you cool in the summer, and it'll keep you warm in the winter. And you don't ever think anything really about it until it breaks down, right? We just don't think anything about it, really. It just does what it does. Uh, You may notice if it kicks on. You may notice when it kicks off. Uh, you know, you can usually hear some noise or whatever, and you get used to it, but you don't really think about it. You don't sit around, you know, we, I mean, you know, Glenn and I had lunch together today, just the two of us there at the house, and so we were at the table, and not once did we say, oh, I hope that this, uh, this system works. I hope that when we get home tonight, it's not broken down. Now, if that was your lunch conversation, then you need a good repairman. You know, you, you need to find somebody to get rid of that problem. But the point I'm making is it's not hard. It's a determination to take advantage of what the system will do. That's exactly what Psalm 103 says when it says, Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. It's just a flip of the switch. The same power that cools your house, heats your house, well, the same power that heals you is the same power that cleansed you from all your sins. And one of the greatest, most important truths of the New Testament, let me say it this way, one of the most important truths of, the, of redemption through Christ Jesus is the fact that he at the same time, on the same day, on the same cross, paid the debt for our sins to be remitted and for our nature to be changed so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him and no longer be bound by sin. On the same cross, on the same day, through the same person, Jesus Christ, the same way He took our sicknesses, our diseases, and our infirmities and bore them away. 
And all he's looking for is people to believe that. And when they do, supernatural things happen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 because this verse gives us this picture as clearly probably as any other in the Bible, in, uh, especially in the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Most of you already know what this verse says or you'll recognize it quickly probably. But it says, and Peter was writing, of course, after Jesus had finished his work of redemption. He walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He was the one we uh, mentioned on Sunday from Matthew 16. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Matthew 16, that he had the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And, um, and so years later, after that Matthew 16 incident, he writes these words. And he's looking back at the cross. He, he was there uh, when Jesus, you know, was tried and he denied the Lord. He, he, he saw him resurrected. He saw the nail prints in his hands and all of that. He saw all of those things and he says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins or being dead to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, he is not talking about a spiritual healing here because the new birth is not a spiritual healing. It is a spiritual resurrection. It is a totally new creature. Your old spirit didn't get healed. Your old spirit didn't get remodeled. Your old spirit was dead. You got a new one. That's what happened when you were born again. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so the healing that Peter talks about here couldn't be spiritual healing because there's really no such thing in that way. I know you can have your emotions helped and, and and there may be spiritual things that to some degree there might be a, we might could stretch and say some healing but not in the new birth because that's not a healing that is a resurrection that's a new creature being made alive in Christ a new creation actually and so he says who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins how many have died to sins you've been born again how many all right, he says, might live for righteousness. How many of you are living for righteousness? Then flip that switch on the wall by whose stripes you were healed. You see, if we were to go into churches in America tonight all across the country and ask people, how many of you are born again? Hands would go up, thankfully, glad that they would. How many of you have been made alive in God and so therefore you've been made righteous before God? And those who understand that concept, they would raise their hand. And then if I ask the next question, the next logical question from 1 Peter 2, 24, and I would ask this question, how many of you have been healed by Jesus' stripes? You might be shocked how many people would not raise their hands because they have been taught about forgiveness of sins. They've been taught about being made a new creature in Christ. But they really don't know that Healing was bought and paid for in the same transaction. The same transaction. Now, let's go in our Bibles 
to, to the book of Mark chapter 2. And looking at an example of this in the ministry of Jesus while he was here on the earth. And I, I hope you understand. I, I want you to know this. If you don't, you, you need to. And that is that Jesus did not heal just to prove that he was God manifest in the flesh. Jesus didn't heal just to uh, get attention. Jesus healed in response to the faith of people who believed in the covenant right of healing that he came to bring some fulfillment to, to bring fulfillment to, I should say. You see, Jesus was operating as a prophet, a, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, an apostle. He was all those ministries. And he was operating, though, under the old covenant. There was no new covenant yet until he died and was buried and rose again. And so all the ministry of Jesus, all the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, up to the time whenever Jesus was resurrected, all that was Old Testament. Actually, until the time that um, veil was rent in two and Jesus became literally and in fact, once and for all, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the last sacrifice, the last blood sacrifice, let me say it that way, that ever would be needed. Up until that time, he ministered under the Old Testament, technically. And so he came with this marvelous miracle ministry, with this marvelous healing ministry, flowing in the great anointing of the Holy Ghost, doing it based on a covenant that was, is, according to the book of Hebrews, a lesser covenant, an inferior covenant to the one that you have tonight because of the blood of Jesus. So if there were healings and miracles and supernatural provisions and feeding the hungry and all those wonderful things that occurred in the ministry of Jesus that you read about in the Gospels, then we should have even more of that today. Because if we can't have more than that, then we don't really have a better covenant like Hebrews 8, 6 says we do. Because, I mean, you know, even my limited education, I know that better means better. Whether, you're, whether you would be speaking English, Hebrew, Greek, uh, Yiddish, or, you know, Spanish, or, or Portuguese, or whatever, better is better. Amen. And so... When Jesus came along, he was ministering under the Old Covenant, but the reason it, uh, that he was so sure about it and so secure in it is because he knew what his father had said, and he also knew that all this was based on a promissory note. Every person healed that you read about in the Old Testament, and there's some outstanding healings in that, in that part of the Bible. Every healing, every Blessing from God. All the blessings described in Deuteronomy 28. All the blessing that's referred to in Galatians 3 as the blessing of Abraham. All that was given in the Old Testament on the basis of a promissory note that somewhere, somehow, some way, somebody at some point in time was going to pay for all this. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever used a credit card? And certainly don't raise your hand on this. How many of you in your lifetime at some point have ever used a credit card more than you should? 
You see, what's always going on when you sign your name on those little slips at the mall or wherever you go, you are basically saying, I promise to take care of this. I promise it's going to be taken care of. The, car, the card company you deal with, they're expecting that you know, you're going to pay your bill. Well, all those miracles of the Old Testament were on God's credit card. They were all on the credit based on this bill will get paid. And that's what Calvary was about. It was about the bill getting paid. I don't, again, don't raise your hand, but if you've ever had a credit card balance and you were blessed to pay it off, you know how good that felt. Well, I'm telling you, or any, any note, or any debt as far as that's concerned, you know it's good to pay it off. Well, I'm telling you, it is a pleasing thing to know that your sin debt and mine was paid off. The price for my complete healing was paid for. The chastisement of my peace so that I can lay down at night and sleep like a baby. And I don't mean by that waking up every four hours crying. But I can lay down at night and sleep like a baby. The, the price for my peace. All of that has been paid by Jesus Christ. And now we look back as Peter did when he wrote his epistle. And we look back and it's past tense. Ye were healed. Then if we were, then I am. Thank you, I take it. If the promise was, my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then that word is a right now word today. Thank you. I'll take it. My needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My faith confessions are not some outlandish wish list. It's not some kind of a mind over matter thing. It's not a, a, a wishful thinking thing at all. It is a declaration of truth based on what my Father has already promised what he's already said to me when he told me what he would do and he already did it. Thank God I just take it. It's mine. I have it now. I have it now. Say it with me. I am saved. I am healed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Shout about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It belongs to me. In the second chapter of the book of Mark, we see a wonderful example of this. We'll try to wind this down. But in verse 1 it says, And again he, that's Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Now, if you want to know what kind of word he preached, you can look in Luke chapter 4 and see that the first message he preached after he was anointed by the Holy Ghost was, quoting from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach, and so on and so forth. So it would seem that he preached that or some variation of that message everywhere he went to establish his identity and to establish faith in the hearts of the people and what was available to them right then. Remember this always. Faith is now. I had a friend of mine tell me the story about finding a, a house that he really wanted. It was just everything that he wanted. 
And he is a friend of Brother Kenneth Copeland. And he said he went to talk to Brother Copeland. And he said he, he told Brother Copeland, he said, Someday, that's the kind of house I want. And he said, Brother Copeland said, called his name and said, When is someday? And then he said, Faith is now. Well, guess what? He's living in that house. So you got to realize um, um, the word that Jesus preached was and is a right now word. Amen. So it says, he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, well, it's hard not to just get off and preach messages here. Uh, when Jesus saw their faith, you know, faith is a spiritual commodity. Faith is a spiritual force. So how do you see faith? Well, obviously, it's because you see what faith produces. You see how faith causes people to act or react. He saw their faith. You know, how many of you know that it's not many people breaks holes in people's roofs to let people that are that can't walk. He's a paralytic. He can't move on his own power. I mean, not only did these four men have a lot of faith, but think about the guy on the, the bed, how much faith he had to have to let four people. You know, I, I don't know if there's four of y'all I would trust to let me down through this roof here on a bed and me not have anything to do with it. I'm kind of a control person myself. I don't know. You know, I guess if you're desperate enough, though, you'd do it. But anyway, so, so he saw their faith. And he said to the paralytic, now notice what he said. Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. And he knew what he was going to do. But what was going to be said and thought and done in between needed to happen. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Now this verse 9 takes us back to Psalm 103. Forget not all his benefits. Because here Jesus says, Which is easier to say to this paralytic? In other words, think about the heat pump, the thermostat, the switch on the wall. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? This is a tremendous revelation. That in God's sight, neither is too hard. And both are available. I want to say that again. In God's eyes, neither of these are too hard. And both are available. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed 
and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I want to pastor a church that people come and they walk out and say, I've never seen anything like this. And not because of some weird, goofy thing, or because I show up in some crazy-looking suit or something, but because of the manifested presence of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Notice, he said, which is easier to say? So I want you to get that revelation deep in your heart, that the benefits, the things that are covenant rights do to you, one is just as easy as the other. We've built these things in our heads, you know, these ideas that, well, you know, God, and it doesn't really sound sensible that people would have this attitude, and they don't necessarily say it this way, but yet they do say it. They're saying, I believe that God has forgiven me of all my past. And people say that who in their past were adulterers, they were murderers, they were liars, they were thieves, they were all kinds of bad things, we'd say. And they rightfully declare, I'm the righteousness of God because God put all that behind me. He forgave me, he cleansed me, he remitted all my sins. And that's right. But how many people don't take advantage of any other benefit? How many of those same people that believe that God, they entrust God with their eternal salvation? They actually are ready to, when the time comes, they will die physically. And they believe they're going to heaven based on the gospel. But they don't believe that God could heal them in this life. Isn't that kind of sad? And we've all been there maybe. And I'm not saying... You know, don't, I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm not saying don't take your medicine. I mean, when, if you don't need it, that's one thing. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to provoke us in our thinking, to move us up in our faith, to come to the next place. It's so important. And I want to close with this tonight. We all know what a benefit is. Do you know what a bonus is? You know, uh, a bonus, we all like bonuses. A bonus is when, you know, and generally speaking in employee-employer terms, a bonus would be when your employer gives you something that you didn't have a right to claim. It's not a benefit that was in any contract anywhere. You didn't have an agreement that they had to, on such and such date, give you whatever as you know that's that would have been a benefit rightfully yours but a bonus is when they say you know we've had a good year or you you've done a great job in this project or over the last number of months or years or whatever and so we just want to you know we want to give you a bonus let's just throw out some numbers let's say, it'll give you a bonus of ten thousand dollars isn't that good yeah take it Well, I want to tell you, healing isn't a bonus. Your salvation isn't a bonus. The covenant you have with God, that is not a bonus. It's not at a whim that you don't know when it might come. 
And it's good when it does, but you never know when it's coming. That's not the way it is. No, it's a benefit. I'm not saying God isn't generous, and I'm not saying that he, and I know he will bless you beyond even what you ask or think. But you have benefits. You have covenant rights. And we need to stand on them, and we need to believe for them, and we need to declare them, and we need to know that the God of heaven stands behind every word he's spoken. I believe God more today than I've ever than I've ever believed him. And I believe him for more today than I've ever believed him for. And I can tell you that, that he is, will be better to you than you can imagine. All he's asking you is just go over here on the wall. Just make an adjustment. You know what I mean? Figuratively speaking. Just, just do a little adjusting in here. Turn that switch. You don't have to just have some heat in the winter. You can have some cool in the summer. You don't have to limit. And guess what? He pays the bill. He pays the bill. He pays it all. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for insight. Lord, we've said some pretty radical things as far as common religious thinking is concerned. Not radical to you because it's your word. But I know, Lord, that sometimes we have to digest these things. In our minds, we have to come to the place where we are renewed in our thinking until we think like you think. So help us to do that, Lord. Grant unto us all the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who to believe according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all Help us to see from your perspective, Father, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could you just...